Hi, I'm Jordani Karma, and I've loved to read ever since I can remember. But somewhere between college and the real world, I miss the memo on what I could be reading as an adult. For years, I've thought of adult fiction as this book secret that everyone was in on for me. I decided to change that by focusing on fiction for a year, and choosing books based on a specific genre or theme for each month. This is Season 1, Episode 9 of Reading Like an Adult, and we're going to talk about mysteries. As I'm sure you've noticed on this reading journey, I'm big on knowing what I like in a book and finding genres that I can really lean into, where I can pick up new titles with confidence because it's a familiar space that I love to return to and always gain some new insight from. I think it's important to have comfort genres that you can always come back to, whether you're just perpetually exploring them and discovering new authors and titles, or for when you need a book reset with something you know you'll love. Young Adult is one of those genres for me, something I wrote about in more detail in a newsletter from last year. I'll include a link in the show notes. There's something special about the fragile teenage stage of life that gives YA an intensity, a brightness, and an emotional purity that I struggled to find for a long time in adult fiction, which tends to focus on the gray and the ways we compromise in life. Everything in YA is told in brighter, bolder, more starkly contrasted colors, because each day when you're a teenager feels like the end of the world, and you're going through each experience for the very first time. YA as a genre got bogged down for a time in dystopian worlds and paranormal romances, with those two trends feeling like the only thing YA authors were allowed to write about. But in the last decade or so, the genre has expanded to a whole world of new voices, diverse perspectives, and fresh approaches, with stories for just about every teen, and in my opinion, any adult willing to expand their reading horizons. Looking back, I'm grateful I had YA as a fiction resource throughout my 20s, knowing I could always go back to this genre when I needed to read a novel and break out of my usual non-fiction reading groove. YA kept me hoping that I would fall in love with reading fiction again, and even now that I've discovered enough adult fiction for a lifetime of reading, I know YA is a special space that I'll keep coming back to. I'll confess that my reading project has been almost too successful in that by this point of the year, I have a crazy long list of books that I want to read, and I almost don't need to find any more ideas. But because this is a year-long project, I am forging ahead and planning to complete the last few months of my year of fiction, even though my TBR list is going to be completely ridiculous by the end of 2020. For September's theme of mysteries, I decided to do a somewhat reckless reading experiment where I took my stack of 10 books from the library and whittled them down in an hour or so by reading a few pages of each book, or just getting a sense from flipping around in the beginning. Now that I'm more than eight months into this project, I've given a good amount of time to books that I didn't end up loving, and I'm trying to pinpoint the best reading experiences as quickly as I can. I think there's a balance between having the patience to invest in what you're reading, while also being willing to abandon it if it's not the right fit for you right now. Different reading seasons will also need a different pace. During the stay-at-home order earlier this year, I had plenty of time to dabble and invest patiently in books to see if they were the right fit for me or not. In this specific month, I knew that certain things in my personal life meant that I wouldn't have quite the same amount of super-focused reading time as I'd had in the month before, so I wanted to decide quickly. My first reading pick this month was easy. I started with A Curious Beginning by Deanna Rayborn. 
I knew I would enjoy this book because last year I picked up one of the later installments in the series about professional lepidopterist and amateur sleuth Veronica Speedwell. The character of a resolute, determined, intrepid Victorian-era woman who becomes a chaser of butterflies because lepidoptery is considered an acceptably ladylike occupation that allows for travel and adventure is loosely inspired by real-life natural history pioneer Margaret Fontaine. While Fontaine didn't, as far as I know, solve murder mysteries, her foundational work in real life lends a believability to Veronica Speedwell's adventures. In this first book in the series, Veronica is left orphaned after the second of her two spinster aunts passes away. She's ready to journey around the world, dallying in romances and pursuing butterflies, but her plans are interrupted when it becomes clear that she's at the heart of some dastardly plot and needs to elude the villains who want to abduct her. When the Baron who helps her escape is found murdered, Veronica teams up with a mysterious, hot-blooded, and frequently grouchy natural historian named Stoker to find out who killed him, and to find out who is after Veronica herself. The twists and turns of this book made for a fun escape, but what I enjoyed most was the way its delicious, old-timey dialogue is clear for a modern reader, yet rings true for the 1880s time period it's set in. While Veronica is an intentionally anachronistic heroine in that she lives, talks, and acts very differently than your average nice Victorian lady would have, there's something Austin-esque about the will-they-or-won't-they romance between her and Stoker, as sparks fly through passionate banter, almost kisses, and deep, knowing looks. This is definitely a series I'll keep reading. My second September read was Somewhere Between Mystery and Thriller, a tightly plotted and well-paced standalone novel called Never Have I Ever by Jocelyn Jackson. I put this read next to suburban suspense TV like HBO's Big Little Lies or Netflix's Dead to Me, shows about women with secrets, the complexity of female friendships and rivalries, and murder inevitably coming to light. Amy Way has created a beautiful new life for herself with loving husband Davis, stepdaughter Maddie, and infant son Oliver. When a stranger named Rue shows up at her best friend's book club night, Amy has no idea that a terrifying cat-and-mouse game is about to ensue. She's pushed her past deep down for years, somewhere under the foundation of her stable, perfect, current existence, but Amy soon realizes that secrets are the most dangerous thing to bring to book club. This is the kind of book where, I think, you don't want to know much about the plot in advance, instead letting the story hook you and then keep surprising you as it goes along. I really enjoy the protagonist's voice in this book. Sometimes the modern first-person narrative can feel thin, but I thought Amy's voice was expertly done, complex, definitely scarred in a believable way, gutsy, and stubbornly likable in spite of her one big mistake and any of the uneasy decisions she's made since to try to make restitution for and then forget the night that everything changed. Loyalty is something I value highly in real life and on the page. And I appreciated that this complex story exploring a lot of life's gray areas is told by a loyal, loving, resilient character. I would like to warn sensitive readers that there are some brief but upsetting scenes in this book involving things like child endangerment, violence, rape, and a disturbing sexual situation. This read was kind of right on the line for me because I struggle with books where people are physically in danger or experience violence. But because the story moved quickly through these tough scenes and also delivered on why they were included in the narrative, it didn't feel gratuitous to me. 
ultimately the themes of forgiveness, resilience, and human value made Never Have I Ever a worthwhile read. I started and didn't finish other novels that were on my list of mysteries to try, but even though I only completed reading two books for this month, I still doubled my original reading goal, which, if you'll remember, was to make it all the way through just one book from the genre I was trying out. If you're a slower reader or you struggle with finishing books for other reasons, I hope that's an encouragement for you. Some reading is always better than no reading. This episode's reading inspiration is to think about ways you can be flexible on book formats. As we all know after this year, sometimes you just don't have access to a physical library. Ideally, I love having a real book in my hands with pages I can easily flip back and forth, but the next best thing is reading on my Kindle, and I'm thankful to have a lot of options through my library's overdrive. Being flexible on format lets you get creative with when, where, and how you can read. If you spend a lot of time in the car, audiobooks can also be a great option. I've heard lots of readers say that they started a book in print and couldn't read it, then tried the audiobook and loved it, so sometimes being open to another format can also help you find a read that wouldn't click otherwise. I struggle with listening comprehension, so audiobooks are an option I'm still working on, but the key seems to be to find a great narrator who keeps you focused and engaged. One of my favorites when I was a kid was the Freddy Goes to Florida series by Walter R. Brooks. It's not only a fun and hilarious book series about talking animals, but it's also a great audiobook experience, as narrated by actor John McDonough. If you have recommendations for specific audiobooks with narrators who make the experience that much better, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Thanks for listening. The books mentioned in this episode were A Curious Beginning by Deanna Rayborn, Never Have I Ever by Jocelyn Jackson, and Freddy Goes to Florida by Walter R. Brooks. You can visit readinglikeanadult.com for the show notes. This episode was written, narrated, and produced by me. I'm Jordani Karma, and I'm glad you're joining me on this reading journey. In the next episode, we'll talk about magical